Well, bless the name of the Lord. Welcome again to another Tuesday night Bible study. I'm glad to be here again. Oh, I'm just so grateful for the teachings that we've had in the last two weeks. Elder Martin and Elder Short just blessed our hearts. Those women of God were ready and bought the smoke and the fire. And I'm just so delighted. I want to thank them again for uh, those wonderful lessons that they bought for us. It's a good time to be in study. And let's join together in prayer as we begin our study together tonight. So, Father, we bless your name. We thank you for this opportunity to be in study. We ask that you would speak afresh, bless us, that we might gain fresh insight into the work that you've called us to do. Call us, Lord, our wandering minds from any place where it may go, that we might be present to hear, to listen, to glean, and to go forth and do good works. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. <clears throat> I want to join tonight as we continue our series of studies, Answers for the Struggle, Ancient Wisdom for Modern Problems. This is our series that we've been involved in. We're in lesson 26 tonight, and that it means that we're in chapter 26 of the book of Proverbs. <clears throat> so we're in chapter 26 of the book of Proverbs. Let's begin with verses 1 and 2. Verses 1 and 2 says, Like snow in the summer and rain in harvest, so honor in, is not fitting for a short-sighted fool. Like the sparrow in their wanderings, like the swallow in her flying, so the curse without cause does not come and alight on the undeserving. I've got 12 lessons tonight from Proverbs 26. 12 lessons from Proverbs 26. And the first lesson is fool's folly. Fool's folly. That's the first lesson, fool's folly. Now, what this, uh, what this text relates to, particularly verse 1 says, it makes no sense, that's what it means, for someone to want snow in the summer, and it is crazy to want rain during the harvest. You want rain to precede the harvest, to water the seed, to water the plant while the plant is growing. But when this harvest time, you want to be able to get out there and glean the harvest. And the rain during the harvest does not help the harvest. It hurts the gleaning. And so he says, it's a fool's folly. Anyone who thinks like that is, is off their rocker. He says, matter of fact, you have to realize when you think about foolish things to worry about, he says, you have nothing to worry about when it comes to being cursed by anything or anything coming on you. He says, because those things that relate to curses will not come without a cause. In other words, the undeserving are never cursed. <clears throat> so you have no fear of any curse. I don't care what witch, warlock, demon, or pit of the hell tries to come against you. He says, don't even fear that. Because curses do not come on the undeserving. So the first thing he wants you to know is that the fool thinks of things that should not be and is out of order in their logic. 
And if you put verse 1 and 2 together, it says, then don't you be like a fool and begin to allow your mind to play tricks on you about stuff happening around you. Oh, that'll preach right there. <clears throat> it is easy for you to allow your imagination to think everything that happens is the worst thing that could ever happen. The devil is involved. I'm under a curse. I need to get this curse. No, no. He says, you have to realize that God is on your side. And if God is on your side, you never have to worry about anything happening to you because those things happen to those that deserve them, not to the undeserving. In other words, God keeps us, God watches us, God protects us, God is always around us. Now what you're going to find in this, this teaching tonight, in uh, chapter 26, is a lot of discussion and juxtaposition of foolishness and fools versus righteousness and wise. And as you see these juxtapositions going on, what he's trying to make clear to you is because you are of the Lord and because God belongs to you and you belong to God and you have this divine human relationship, these things you don't have to worry about, but you need to take note of them so that when you see the attributes of foolishness, you do not participate in them. You do not allow your mind to go off in them. I can tell you now, <clears throat> I know too many saints who allow their imagination to cause them to enter into the spirit of fear, to allow their imagination to cause them into the spirit of dread and woe, to allow their imagination to cause them to enter into all kinds of places because they think wrong. You need to think like a child of God, knowing that God loves you at all times. Now, the next one which is interesting is that believers, the righteous, those who love the Lord, don't have to worry about punishments or being, or being bracketed into something because we willingly serve God God doesn't have to force us to do anything. But now watch this. Verse 3 says this. A whip for the horse and a bridle for the donkey and a rod for the backs of fools who refuse to learn. This is number two, is force fulfillment. And I could use the past tense, forced but I just use, want to use it generically and say force. Anytime force has to be used in order to get you to do that which is right, then you have a problem. You should not need to be forced into doing anything as a child of God. You ought to be willing to say, God, I'm here. Lord, I'm available to you. But fools are going to end up getting the, to the position where they are not only forced, but they are throttled and paddled to get into where, where they need to be at. Because if you refuse to learn, you know, you're going to end up with the rod of correction. I can tell you now, I'm, I'm, I don't work in prisons, but I got a lot of people around me who have. There's nobody that you've ever met, no matter how bad, how tough they were on the streets. 
I don't care if everybody, when they walk down the street, everybody bowed down in fear or cowered in a corner. Inside a prison, they may get bad with other prisoners if they're allowed to. But they got something for them. They'll lock them up so tight they won't even understand what daylight look like. They'll, they'll let them walk out. Oh, yeah, you get to go out in the yard by yourself. Oh, yeah, you can go stretch your legs by yourself. Oh, because, see, they, they, whenever a person acts a fool, the rod of correction is going to be upon them. As, as, that, as that person said, when they got ready to get in that fight with someone, they said, okay, y'all going to learn today. And, and I promise you, they learn. You, either, you, can either, you can either learn how to live in this world or you can have concrete authority placed upon you to force you to live in a suitable manner. Going down to verse 4 and 5. Look, let's look here. It says, do not answer nor pretend to agree with frivolous comments of a closed-minded fool according to his folly. Otherwise, even you will be like him. Answer and correct the erroneous concepts of a fool according to his folly. Otherwise, he will be wise in his own eyes if he thinks you agree with him. Let me, let me say this to you. <clears throat> you need to recognize that you have to be careful not to engage in, number three, frivolous futility. See, if you think you're going to get along with people because you, you, you laugh at their jokes when you know they're not funny or you allow them to get away with dumb stuff, they, they, that person goes on and they think you're with them. Um, uh, you know, it's, um, I don't want to pick on them because I do think that there's some issues there, but a lot of people are now coming back to say, you know what, we didn't help Kanye West, Yeezy, when he was saying certain things and doing certain things by allowing him to say them and not say anything by allowing him to get away with it and not say anything. And then now when he is now weighed out into another sphere of speaking and doing, now we are now watching his world crumble from underneath him. The reality is, is many people who are in position to be close to him are, are to blame for what now is his now shape he's in now. Because when you don't speak truth to someone who is speaking out and, you, and, and their, their, their thinking is off, they begin to believe that they are right and everybody else is wrong. The same thing is going on in New Jersey with the Nets, with, with young Kyrie. God bless me, such a wonderful person, a great human being, and so is Kanye, and I love both of these young men. They're great human beings, but because their information gets a little twisted, they can't get themselves back off of the cliff to turn around and come back to a, a base state that would, would help them. But again, the allowing of these things to be only exacerbates in the mind of the person and they begin to believe that you agree with them. 
So you have to be careful how you nod your head, how you uh, walk away from folk without saying anything, how you, you stand in agreement. You know, you're in the middle of a conversation and you know what's being said is not right and you just sit there. You either have to excuse yourself from it because you're not a part of it or you need to correct that which is off because what happens is that the individual goes off in their folly and it becomes frivolous futility as they continue to go on, as they make those comments and those comments can end up being scorching and hurting and, 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 and really ruining people's lives. And I feel so badly for them. And, and, and I use them as, as larger than life examples. Some of you may have no idea what I'm talking about. So I invite you to go look them up in their comments of recent states, and many of which are anti-Semitic, without cause. And if, and if what one would, would realize is that these things are not recent manifestations, they are, they are now the macro of what once was a micro. You've got to nip it in the bud early. Ooh, God bless. Number four comes up in verses six and seven, and here's what it reads. He who sends a message by the hand of a fool, watch this, cuts off his own feet. That's a, that's a strange metaphor. <coughs> The, the Amplifier says, sabotage himself and drinks the violence it brings on himself as a consequence. Like the legs which are useless to the lame, so is the proverb in the mouth of a fool who cannot learn from it. Number, number four is foolish faith. Foolish faith. Now, the, the reality is that sometimes you want to believe someone's going to change or do differently when you know who they are. They've already shown you who they are, and then you put your trust in them to do something important, and then you're shocked because they, did, they didn't do what they said they were going to do, and now all of a sudden you're looking stupid. Well, you're, you're looking stupid because you allowed yourself to be put in that position, not because God ordained it, not because you were supposed to look stupid, not because things were supposed to go wrong. No, you ended up allowing yourself to drink the violence of their foolishness. So what, what do you mean, Reverend? Watch this. What one, when one reads the word drinking the violence, it, it, in the original Hebrew, it actually meant burying his bottom. It's, it's a way of saying that showing your butt. In other words, it's like, it's like somebody running around, uh, you don't even know it, but your, 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 your skirt is up around your waist and you're walking down the street and you, you got up and you, you happened to tuck your dress into your pants, into your, into your underclothes, and you're walking around burying your bottom. That, that, that's, that's the kind of idea. It's the kind of idea that connotes humiliation. And what he says is, anybody that sends something important from the mouth of a fool has put themselves in a position to be exposed, to be publicly mocked, to look bad, to, to, to be in a position that, that things won't go well for them. Now, the example offered is, is 2, 2 Samuel chapter 10, 
In the second chapter, chapter 10, I've got the, the King James Version in front of me. Beginning at verse 1, there's an interesting story here. Um, and I'm going to read it real quick, 1 through 5. It says, And it came to pass after this that the king of the children of Ammon died, and Hunan his son reigned in his stead. Then said David, I will show kindness unto Hunan, son of Nasha, as his father showed kindness unto me. And David sent to comfort him by the hand of his servants for his father. And David's servants came into the land of the children of Ammon. And the princes of the children of Ammon said unto Hunan, their Lord, Thinkest thou that David doth honor thy father, that he hath sent comforters unto thee? Hath not David rather sent his servants unto thee to search the city and spy it out and overthrow it? Wherefore Hunan took David's servants, watch this, shaved off the one half of their beards and cut off their garments in the middle, even to their buttocks, and sent them away. In other words, they sent them out showing their natural born behinds. When they told it unto David, he sent to meet them because the men were greatly ashamed. And the king said, tarry at Jericho until your beards be grown and then return. I don't want you to come home being embarrassed. You just stay here until your beard grows out, until your face looks like normal, and then you can come home. Well, the idea in the text is that if you send something through the mouth of a fool, you only put yourself in a position to be brought to an open and public shame. And so you want to be careful who you allow to speak on your behalf. You want to be careful how you, yeah, Don, I see you, slipping slippery You want to be careful who you allow to, to do things for you because what? You can allow them to represent you and as such, they can be made, make you to be the shame. Now, eventually what ends up happening is David ends up having to kill a whole bunch of them and the army that they hired to fight for them because what happens to one when one brings the king to a shame is that the king comes back and strikes in violence. But the truth of the matter is you have to be careful. Again, we're, we're dealing with this idea of being careful of your involvement with ignorance. I think that's a better way to say it. Some of you might begin offended by the word fool, but it, it's a word in the text. But you, you have to be careful of your involvement with ignorance. Number five comes in verse eight. Verse eight says, like one who absurdly binds a stone in a sling, making it impossible to throw. What happens if you, if you tie a stone in a sling you sling it around and you throw it and you let it go, if you're still holding on to a part of the sling, what's going to happen to it? It's going to come back and pop you in your big head. So is, it, is he who absurdly gives honor to a fool. Now, i got many representations here of people that I love who have been honored and didn't know how to handle the honor. Um, I, 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 I don't want to, I'm not going to call him a fool, but I can just say that what he did was probably the strangest speech I ever heard. And uh, you, you remember uh, when they honored Snoop Dogg 
with a star the Hollywood Walk of Fame. He, they laid the star down real pretty, and Snoop got up. And normally you get up, you thank all of those that helped you get where you are. I would think he'd want to thank Dr. Dre because Dre put down his beats and helped him get on and maybe even think about uh, Eazy-E and some of those other previous rappers and some of his friends, uh, you know, Ice-T, Ice Cube, uh, some of the producers. Some, well, I thought a lot of people I could think he could thank. But instead, when he stood up, his, his remarks were, I want to thank me for all that I've done, and I want to thank me for making all these great records, and I want to thank me. Now, if that wasn't the weirdest acceptance speech of an honor, number five is this. It's called futile festooning. The word festooning is honoring, futile festooning. You know, uh, you can give honor to some people, but they don't know how to handle it. They don't know how to handle it. They don't know how to handle being blessed. They don't know how to handle elevation. That's why everybody doesn't get elevation because they don't know how to deal with it. And you be careful who you honor because those whom you honor will begin to think as though and if they're not wise, if they're foolish, they'll begin to think as though it is them and that they are all that. And they're going to act out accordingly. Um, I, I think that that's why we've got to be wise as to how we promote, how we uplift, who we uplift, because futile festooning. You know, you give some people too much too soon, and the only thing you did was make them crazier than they already were. All right. Verse 9, 10, and 11 uh, bring us, uh, verse 9 through 12, bring us to number 6. Verse 9 says, like a thorn that goes without being felt into the hand of a drunken man. Let me pause right there. You know, when you're drunk, you don't feel pain. You know, it's not until the next day. Some of y'all know about this. I've never suffered from one, but I've heard about it. You wake up next morning after you've been drunk, and now stuff hurting you didn't know was hurting before. You done got cut and hurting in what ways? Lord have mercy. So is a proverb in the mouth of a fool who remains unaffected by its wisdom. So he says the analogy here is you can put wisdom in the mouth of a fool, but it won't change that fool. They can say the right thing, but it won't change them. It's just going through. They're going through the motions. They don't even feel, remember the drunk man, they don't even feel what they're receiving. Like a careless archer who shoots arrows wildly and wounds everyone, so is he who hires a fool or those who by chance just pass by. Like a dog that returns to his vomit is a fool who repeats his foolishness. Woo! He said, like a dog that goes back and eats his own vomit, so is a fool. Go back and pick the same thing back up again. Do you see a man who is unteachable and wise in his own eyes and full of self-conceit? There's more hope for a fool than for him. He said, this is number six. It is flummoxed foolishness. And that's bewildered foolishness. 
flummoxed foolishness. Look, there is so much foolishness that goes on. And there are people who are careless with their lives, careless with the lives of others, you know, uh, like a careless archer who shoots arrows wildly and wounds everyone. <clears throat> I was just with my, my family talking about the death of one of the uh, Migos rap group um, take off today. And, and if the stories that we're hearing now are correct, take off was one of the Migos uh, along with Quavo and Offset. Uh, they, he was, they were gambling, shooting dice. I think they're playing dice. Other people were playing. He was not even in the game from what I understand. I could be wrong. But uh, someone shooting, what appears to be shooting at another member of their group, instead of getting him, ended up shooting Takeoff. And Takeoff ended up dead. Because when a fool shoots carelessly, everyone is wounded. Anybody can be hit. I don't know what it's going to take for us to get together. You know, we can go around with all the signs in the world, Black Lives Matter, and we can tell the world Black Lives Matter, and, and they do, and we can put it out there. Rah, 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 rah. I love that. We can talk about what the police done and certain officers have done, and that's true. But Black Lives Matter will never matter as much until we as people of color make it matter to us. It makes no sense for that young man, 20-something years old, to be dead today. And I, I don't even get why you're even not there shooting dice. Doggone millionaires out there playing kids' games. And you get to where you, you're drinking, and you got weapons on you, and you're talking junk, because I've never seen dice get played and people not talking junk. Oh, they're going to talk. They hollering and screaming and canna, and all of that energy gets sent into the universe, and every demon that wants to be involved comes to the party. I know I'm preaching. Anyway, you need to realize that there, there's bewildering foolishness in this world. Be careful. Let me tell you something. You have to be careful not to be one of the ones, I want to go back to verse 11, that, that repeats things. Uh, this, this will go to the issue of gossiping later on. You've got to be careful that you're not a part of that crowd that said that, that something is regurgitated that is wrong, and then you go pick it up like a dog returning to his vomit, and then you repeat that foolishness. You don't want to be a part of the foolishness. And so it is with a person that has an unteachable spirit. It's all foolishness. I, I want to keep in your spirit and in your mind that there are so many things that are just bewildering about the ways that some people will function in. And you and I, as wise persons in this world, we must be better than that. We've got to be better than that. We can't allow the enemy to trick us and get us to acting uh, 
get us to acting a fool. I want to keep rolling, keep rolling. Beginning at verse 13, down to verse 16. And here is the word of the Lord, the, the lazy person. And he, he, the Amplified expands that out to say, who is self-indulgent and relies on lame excuses. I can tell you now, there are people who only live on excuses. They make excuse after excuse after excuse for what they don't do. That person says, there's a lion in the road. A lion is in the open square, and if I go outside to work, I will be killed. As the door turns on its on his hinges, so does the lazy person on his bed, never getting out of it. The lazy person buries his hand in, di in the dish, losing opportunity after opportunity. It wearies him to bring it back to his mouth. You so lazy when he feeds yourself. A lazy person is wiser in his own eyes than seven sensible men who can, have, who can give a discreet answer. See, when a person is lazy, they're going to do lazy things. They're going to have lazy thinking. They're going to do lazy talk. And they're going to think that they're always right and everybody else is always wrong. And you can't teach them anything because they know everything. You know, uh, there's some people I talk to when they know more than I know. I, I, hey, well, okay, well, you do you, boo-boo. I'm not going to waste my time over here. I got mine. You do you. It's amazing how people can get. And so this is this number seven is flagged foolishness, F-L-A-G-G-E-D. And that word flagged is the foolishness where your energy and your activity and, in, and interest begin to fall off. That's what the word flagged means begins to fall off, begins to wane. And if you catch yourself getting lazy, you gotta find, you gotta find ways to get yourself back on track. Get yourself back up and alert. Because see, if you allow yourself to get stuck in what the text calls lame excuses, in self-indulgences, then what's gonna happen is, that you're going to lose out on opportunities, you're gonna lose out on blessings, you're gonna lose out on gifts, you're gonna lose out on wisdom, <clears throat> you're gonna sit around and it doesn't matter after a while because you're gonna become so self-absorbed, you're gonna think you're right and everybody else is wrong, that a whole college of professors, or we can use the analogy that, that's probably in the mind of the writer here, that the elders at the gate can speak wisdom to you and you'll think you're smarter than all of them. See, see, you know, uh, what, what one old person said, look, um, you've never been my age, but I've been your age. So I might have something to share. The, the thing is that you have to be careful even in your own mind now, no matter how good, how kind, how wonderful, lovely you are, you got to be careful not to become so conceited and self-absorbed in your own mind that nobody can speak into your spirit. 
I said, you, I said to you last time I was teaching, I said, whoever has your ear has your destiny. Whoever has your ear has your destiny. Therefore, I've got to be careful who has my ear because they're going to have my destiny. So I want to make sure that who has my ear has a word that is rhema, that is life-giving New Testament phraseology and wording, that is life-giving so that I can move forward towards my destiny. And whenever I'm around people who are, don't have that word, I've got to remove myself from that because my destiny is, in, is involved. Now watch this. But if the only person that has my ear is me, and the only one I listen to is myself, and the only one I believe is wise is I. So if it's me, myself, and I, then guess what? The one that has my ear is a fool, and the one that's listening is foolish. I've got to be careful. Now, that doesn't speak to that you shouldn't have good self-judgment and self-reliance and all that, but it all, always ought to speak to you ought to keep a teachable spirit. You ought to keep a teachable spirit. Now, I'm going to talk about somebody else who's in the news. He's got more money than I got because he can do what he can do. But I'm going to tell you now, when uh, Elon Musk, the, the owner of, of Tesla, got ready to start talking about buying, buying Twitter, Every economist, every other person around told him that's not a good investment. That's not a good investment. Now, you go on and do what you want to do. You do do, boo-boo, because I don't even have enough money to be in the conversation. So you, you out of my league. I can just tell you that people who know and who understand the economy telling you $44 billion dollars billion billion dollars is too much to pay for a company that's never made money that's what it meant to me I would have I would have listened well you know he did what he want to do because he's his own man he went in there and he fired everybody Fired the president, vice president, CEO, everyone else. Fired the entire board. So he's a board of one. So God bless him. I, for his sake, I hope he does well. I, I don't have that nickel in the quarter. I ain't got that nickel in the quarter. I don't use Twitter. I, I, every now and then something come up, pop up that's, that's important and it's on another medium. I put them see what's going on. But hey, all I can tell you is you need to keep, I don't care what range, state, and goal you're in, you need to keep a teachable spirit. You need to keep a teachable spirit. Because when you don't have one, you're in trouble. I remember the, uh, I hate to pick on Nets again, but I'm going to pick on Nets one more time. I remember when they were searching for a coach before their coach was just fired today. Uh, they were searching for a coach. They said uh, the players, the, the big three that were there at the time, said we don't need a coach, we're going to coach ourselves. How that working out for you? We don't need, see, when you lose, I don't care how well you play your skill set, there are other parts that need to be played. The team is never made up, team, there's no I in team. It's never made up one, two, three, when there are five people on the floor. On a football field, you can't, you can't go out there and say, I got a great quarterback, but you don't have an offensive line. 
you got to understand you, your spirit, no matter how, what level you get to in life, has to remain flexible enough to be teachable. When one loses that, one begins to wane in energy and then one begins to think that you're smarter than everybody else. Moving right along. Number eight comes in verse 17, 18, and 19. Here's what it says. Now, this is a good one right here. Like one who grabs a dog by the ear. Now, I don't know if any of y'all know about grabbing a dog, but I can promise you, I have, uh, my, God bless us, we had a great Dane, uh, we, had, we had a giant schnauzer who was part Great Dane and part schnauzer. The, the, the giant part comes from the breeding with the Great Dane. My, our giant schnauzer, uh, which was a beautiful dog, Diamond, Diamond could stand up literally on my shoulders and almost look over my head. Diamond was a big girl. She loved people. She loved the family. She was a big girl. I just want to tell you, Diamond never ate kibbles and bits. Didn't eat kibbles and bits. Diamond, whatever, what's the latest? The dog food out there, Diamond never ate that. Never in her life. What Diamond ate was raw chicken wings. Raw chicken. Throw chicken in there. Whatever she didn't finish, you take it out. You never left it in there. Raw chicken wings. First time you hear Diamond eat, if you're in the room, it might scare you. Because when Diamond eat, would eat, she, you could hear the bones from the chicken breaking. Pa pa pa, Oh, she would break them. And she'd be enjoying herself. Oh, now, I'm going to tell you now. I, I promise you, with all that's holy in me, you wouldn't want to grab Diamond's ear. You wouldn't want to grab, no, that's just not a good move. The text says, if you grab a dog by the ear, you are likely to be bitten. Now, if my dog is crunching up chicken wings, what do you think she's going to do to your fingers? Look, and I'm not talking about crunching up, spitting them out. She's swallowing. Listen, is he who passes by stops to meddle with a dispute that is none of his business. Like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows, and death, so is of the man who deceives his neighbor, acquaintance, or friend, and then says, I was joking. Let me hurry up. Number eight is firebrand folly. Firebrand folly. Number eight. Oh, this is a good one now. Firebrand folly. Look, there are some things you ought not to be involved in. Some things you ought not to get involved in. You, you ought not to get involved in other folk business, in other folk disputes. Police officers will tell you the scariest call they make is the domestic violence call. Why? Because in the midst of that, the passions are high and the people that are fighting each other do turn around and fight you. You have to realize you there are things you ought not to get involved in. He also tells us that you got to be careful 
of people who are simply throwing out and saying stuff and doing things. Because see, stuff will go wrong and stuff will happen and then you will be the brunt of it. The last part of verse 19 is the killer part. He says, be careful of people who to talk and say things and do stuff trying to deceive people. And then when they get through trying to deceive folk, they simply say, ooh, I was joking. I was just kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, verse, verse 18 and 19 in the Message Bible says, people who struggle off deliberate deception saying, I didn't mean it, I was only joking, are worse than careless campers who walk away from smoldering campfires. And there are people who will do things, who will run disinformation campaigns because they want to go ahead. Thank you, Darlene. Snap, crackle, pop is right. That'll run disinformation campaigns because they want people to think I was joking when they were as serious as they could be. But they're deceivers. You know, um, I, I, uh, I remember back 2019, I think it was, maybe before then, uh, but, but it, Donald Trump came out and made a claim and he said he could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and not lose any votes. Now, then he said, huh, I was just, weeks later, not, not immediately, because I don't think he was kidding in the beginning. He said, I was kidding. No, you weren't kidding. That's how you feel. But, but people will always, people now, when you watch the January 6th uh, um, 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 hearings, you find out that People always knew all along that the election hadn't been stolen, but instead of saying that, you can get more by telling everybody that it's stolen because you're simply trying to what? Deliberate deception. And you be careful of people who function in deliberate deception and use the excuse that it was a joke because what they're really trying to do is play you for a fool. First time you tell me something like that, and then you say, ha, 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 I was only kidding. Okay. But the second time you tell me something, I'm probably not going to believe you because I don't know when you're, ha, 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 just kidding, and when you're not. Be careful of people who will use I was joking as a way of getting over and saying what's really on their mind because they're really demonic. You devil. Oh, I'm sorry. I get excited about these things. Verse 20 down to verse 23. For lack of wood, the fire goes out. And where there is no whisper who gospels, contention quiets down. Now, I might not have pronounced the word well enough, so let me say it again. Where, is, where there is no whisperer, not just whisper, but whisperer who gossips, contention quiets down. Let me just say this. If people quit repeating certain gossip, the gossip would die. Sometimes the person is saying, I'm not, I'm not trying to spread no rumors, but let me tell you, you, you're the whisperer. You're the one. You're the one throwing, throwing logs on the fire. You're the one putting coal back in there when it was about to go out. You're the one stirring up the embers that were written ready to, to, to die out. Yeah, you it. Tag you it. You demon from the pit of hell. Oh, I'm sorry. Just whew. Verse 21. Like charcoal to hot embers and wood to fire, 
So is a contentious man to kindle strife. The words of a whisperer, a gossip, are like the dainty morsels to be greedily eaten. They go down into the innermost chamber of the body to be remembered and mused upon. Like a common clay vessel covered with silver dross, making it appear silver when it is no, of no real value, are the burning lips and murmuring manipulative words and a wicked heart. Number nine is to forestall foolishness. Forestall foolishness. How do we forestall foolishness? We, we stop it. Let me tell you something. There, there are a number of Christians who love Jesus, who love God's people, who unwittingly participate in carrying on mess and don't realize that they're messy. Everybody else know you're messy, but you. Everybody else know if they want to know what's going on, call you. Everybody else know where it's going to happen at. They just call you. But you got to realize that if you're the one that is at the center of all the stuff all the time, then you may be the one that's messy. Because if you stop, guess what? The fire goes out. The fire goes out. It ends. Whew. I got to hustle. I got, I got a couple more to get to, and my time is running out. Now, now number, verse 24 and 25 and 26 says this. He who hates disguises it with his lips, but he stores up deceit in his heart. When he speaks graciously and kindly to conceal his matter, do not, his malice, do not trust him. For seven abominations are in his heart. Though his hatred covers itself with guile and deceit, his malevolence will be revealed openly before the assembly. Number, number 10 is this, false friendship. False friendship. Um, this is not a word, but it's a word that we use, and, and I, I would have put it up there, but I, 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 it is, be careful of frenemies. Frenemies. There's some folk that are not really your friend. They're just a friend enemy. They're a frenemy. And you watch out because they will disguise their true heart by what they say. They'll be talking all the right things, and at the same time, they'll be looking for a way to cut your throat, stab you in your back. They, what did the song say back in the day? They backstabbers. All the time they want to take your place. The backstabbers, you got to be careful. There are certain frenemies out here that will cover up their deceit and their guile and their malevolence. They'll cover it up. But sooner or later, God's going to pull the cover over every one of them jokers. I like the way the Message Bible puts it. Your enemy shakes hands and greets you like an old friend. All the while plotting against you, you demon. When he speaks warmly to you, don't believe him for a minute. He's just waiting for the chance to rip you off. No matter how shrewdly he conceals his malice, eventually his evil will be exposed in public. This is a good thing for you here. You don't have to fight anybody because God's going to pull a cover off of your frenemies. 
Sooner or later, God's going to call, pull the cover off them, and their, their works are going to be known. Number 11. Number 11. Whoever, verse 27 says, whoever digs a pit for another man's feet will fall into it. And he who rolls a stone uphill to do mischief, it will come back on him. Boomerang! Oh, that's not the Number 11 is failed foolishness. Failed foolishness. Look, you can go after me if you want to. I got plenty of people that dislike me for reasons I don't even know of. I don't even understand why they didn't like me. And you got plenty of people dislike you, so don't think you're special. Uh, <laughs> the reality is folks don't like you because they don't like you, and that's okay. They just don't like you. What are you going to do? What you need to recognize is this, that if somebody digs a ditch for you, they're going to be the ones going into it. If somebody tries to roll up some stuff on you, what they're rolling up going to roll right back on them. Because all of the foolishness that people try to do against you will fail. Failed foolishness. When the enemy comes against you, you know, sometimes I see people all the time. I got people in my family, they be like, well, you ought to say something. You ought to do something. You ought to, you the pastor, won't you say, no, no. Because eventually what they do to me is coming back to them. All I got to do is wait. Bible says, only with thine eyes shall I behold the reward of the wicked. I just sit there and wait. Sooner or later, they're going to get their comeuppance because that's the way God works. Yeah, smiling faces, sometimes they lie. And I've got truth. Can you dig it? Smiling faces, smiling faces, tell lies. And I've got proof. Oh, thank you, Teresa. God bless you, Deacon. <laughs> Those Deaconess be knowing those songs. I tell you, Deaconess Medina, your, your, group, your crew are on up. They on it. They all up in the world. <laughs> ah! I'm gone. Let me, number 12, and I got to get out of here. Number 12 is foolish flattery. Foolish flattery. Foolish flattery. Number 12, a lying tongue hates those it wounds and crushes and a flattering mouth works ruin. You recognize some people who be trying to tell you stuff about you, how beautiful you are, how cute you are, is just foolish flattery. You always ought to wonder when somebody is too effusive in their praise and too effusive in their, in their flattery what they want. I know if my kids come up to me and say, oh, you're the best daddy ever, you, oh man, there's no daddy like you. I'd be like, I'd be reaching for my pocket, trying to make sure I got my wallet close to me because I, I know, I know they're going for something. I just don't know how much it's going to cost me. I, I just don't know. Yeah, you, <laughs> they're going to be mad at me. Listen, you got to know this, but always re re realize that whatever people do, you don't have to fight them. I, I know some of y'all want to cuss folk out when they mistreat you, and you got to tell folk off, and I'm going to give them a piece of them by mine, and, and you ought to say something to them. You ought to just say, no. Stop trying to fight everything, and stop being upset because I won't. <laughs> Number, verse 27 in the Message Bible says, 
malice backfires, spite boomerangs. That's what verse 27 says. Malice backfires, spite boomerangs. And realize that when people are mean and evil, it's coming back on them. Realize when people in verse, in the last number 12, foolish flattery, realize a lot of people will use flattery and recognize that liars hate their victims. Flatterers sabotage trust. They just talking because they really want to get your trust because they want to do what they want to do. Well, God bless you, saints. I've given you what I had for tonight. I want to stop right there. I'm so excited at what God is doing in our lives. Thank God for giving me the strength and the uh, spirit to do this lesson tonight. I love all of you with the love of the Lord. I want to just tell you now, if you've been listening to us here, we're coming to you from Shiloh in New London, Connecticut, and you desire to be a part of this ministry, you can join us and you can become an internet member no matter where you are in the world. Please join us. Call us at 860-443-6046, extension 110, or email us now at Church of Men at shilohnlcomplex.org. We would love to hear from you today. We would love to hear from you. We'd love for you to become a part of our family. Again, I want to thank everyone for your gifts and donations and love as you've been blessing us with the food pantry and all the work that we're doing. Again, as with every Tuesday night Bible study, we give our monies benevolently and we give this resource away and we try to bless those who are in need. So I invite you now to give tonight. Please join us in giving. You can give to give at Givelify or at dollar sign Shiloh NL or at or at P.O. Box 929 New London, Connecticut 06320. We want you to be a part of the giving and give as unto the Lord and God will bless you mightily. I want to ask you to keep praying for all of the bereaved families. Please keep praying, Brother Chandler, as he prepares to funeralize his father. Keep him in your prayers. Brother Elijah uh, Flynn in your prayers, the chairman of our trustee board, his sister just passed away, and I uh, keep him in your prayers as well. Please, as you're praying today, remember my family in your prayers. I ask that you would keep all of them before the Lord. It's not uh, an easy time, so please keep the, us in your prayers. As many of you have, have heard, my uh, my eldest sister, my sister Sheila, lost her son, her only son, Richard uh, Thompson Jr. And so we have just been uh, dealing with that loss and grieving uh, on tomorrow. And hopefully Solomon might have the uh, the screenshot there. Tomorrow we will uh, funeralize uh, him in a memorial service that will be held online. If you're a member of Shiloh and you're on our mailing list, our email list, we will you will get that in your email to get the uh, Zoom information. Join us as we celebrate Richard Thompson Jr.'s life tomorrow. Uh, we will be on a Zoom tomorrow at 6 p.m. And then on Wednesday, on Thursday morning at 11, we will inter his body in North Bradford. But all of the information is there. 
Please keep our dear brother Rufus in your prayers. As you know, his mother, who actually began preaching here at Shiloh, Reverend Sudie Davis Hemsley, went home to be with the Lord. And I just want you to keep brother Rufus, who was a wonderful keyboard player, member of a fellowship here, keep him in your prayers. He played Sunday like he had his mother on his heart. He just let the Lord use him when they were playing total praise as the whole band and the praise and worship team did. I just want to thank our praise and worship team and our band. They just keep stepping up to another level and just keep making us proud. We love all of you. I want to just tell you, thank you so much for the love you've given us, and we want to praise God for you. And I want you to know this was a good night for you to be watching and be in this wonderful study here, and uh, I hope that all is well. Give a shout out. God bless each one of you. May you allow the peace of God and the sweet communion of God's Holy Spirit to rest, rule, and abide in your hearts and in your minds. Now henceforth and forevermore. And you know what I say? Shalom.